This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by Evan Grant. And on the line from the star where they're fixing to have lots of stuff going on with this uh, playoff Cowboys team. Not playoff bound, playoff Cowboys team is David Moore. Hi, David. How are you? Doing well. Happy to be on site for the Ballsy Podcast. That is on site at the Star in Frisco for Cowboys Podcast. <laughs> David, David thought it was supposed to be out there. That's why he went. No, Dave, you know what? David's, <laughs> David is there where the news happens. Where the news is happening. That's right. Because he takes us where the news goes. Because let me ask you this. Did you get your team into the playoffs, the Rangers? Uh, I wasn't aware that I had any responsibilities on that front. <laughs> Obviously. There would be many people surprised by the fact that you would think that you are not personally responsible for the fortunes of the Texas I, I, I know that a lot of people think I do, in fact, make up the lineups every day and want my reasoning for why the lineups are the way they are. But, no, I don't. I don't make up the lineups. Uh, and um, probably the less said about the Rangers right about this moment, the better because we've got Cowboys fever. We've got Cowboys fever in town. David, uh, are, are you feeling the Cowboys fever? Yeah, I'm a little sick. I'm a little <laughs> under the weather. No, it's, uh, no it, it is, uh, you know, I, I think it's two years ago, it was a it was a very infectious and joyous thing because it was these two rookies coming in and Dak Prescott and, and Ezekiel Elliott. And I think they kind of captured a, a spirit and a, uh, a joy that had been missing even in previous playoff runs. You know, the, I think the previous ones under Tony Romo, people were still, yeah, but this team's gone so long since they've had any postseason success. They're not going to go far. And, and then you had that, you know, a couple of years ago with, with the two rookies. They lost in the first – their first game they played was a spectacular game, uh, lost Aaron Rodgers in, in Green Bay. But there is hope of, you know what, this era could be different. This era should be different. Uh, and then you had all of last year, which uh, certainly squeezed every ounce of joy out of following the franchise last year for a lot of fans. And this year, you come back from three and five, and, and, and now they're kind of the uh, young, overlooked uh, underdogs with, with a really talented nucleus, and what can they do? So I think there's, uh, I think you're starting to see fans draft off of that, that joy from a couple of years ago and say, well, you know what? Maybe maybe this will be a different era. Maybe maybe this twenty three year streak of of not advancing to the NFC Championship game. Maybe there's a chance this year can be different. 
I want to ask you something uh, and follow up on a statement that uh, the great Tony Gonzalez, who was a great tight end, I don't know uh, uh, how much of a talent evaluator he is, but he said on the in the studio show the other day on Fox that uh, that the Cowboys are a young dynasty in the making. I would tend not to throw the D word around until at least one championship has been won. Yeah, you'd like um, to think so. Yeah. I, I would not. You know, I would not throw the, the the dynasty word around until you've advanced to to a Super Bowl. And yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a little bit of TV entertainment for you, Kevin Q viewer. Um, but I interrupted. Yeah, you did. Let David finish that. Now, <laughs> now back to you, David. Yeah, go ahead, David. Thanks, Evan. Um, so, yeah, I think that look, this team has got to get past the divisional round before you bet. Again, dynasty connotes a team that has won a title and is positioned to win more. Um, you can't be a dynasty when you haven't gotten past the divisional round in 23 years. And they're in the divisional round again, you know, this week. Uh, this is where they've been stopped in, in recent years. And they're the underdog in this game, going to be on the road. So, you know, I understand why he said it from the standpoint of, you know, this is the youngest team in the playoffs. And, and that's another thing. The, these past Cowboy versions that have gotten into the postseason, they weren't particularly young teams. They were some of the older teams in the league. Now this team has transitioned and you see that they have uh, an outstanding young nucleus on both sides of the ball. And you go, well, this team should be positioned to challenge for the next four or five years. But there's a big difference in challenging and winning. And, then again, I think this year says a lot about them. And that's why, you know, I don't think you could overstate the significance of their win against Seattle uh, in the wild card round on, on Saturday to open this, because if you would have gone, let's say they lost that game. Now, suddenly, you're three years into the career of Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. They have won no playoff games. Now, you say, well, these guys are good, but are they really special? Are they players that can get the Cowboys back to where they were in the 70s and the 90s? And, you know, I think you have a little bit different dynamic play out. Now, with this win, you have some justification. You can go, oh, well, that was a close playoff loss to Green Bay. They won on this. They came back from three and five to put themselves in position. Uh, the, as Jerry likes to say, the arrow really is pointing up with this team. So we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, but, yeah, this Rams game is, is a pretty interesting one in my mind. Well, I think, that, I, I think this Rams game – uh, they need to advance to a championship game. I mean, let's let's face facts. It's not just been 20 years since they've been to a Super Bowl. It's it's 20 plus years since they've been to a championship game. So so they need to advance past this round before you start even entertaining the idea of a dynasty. Uh, I, but I do think that there are a couple of things that are different. And, and and you guys can forgive me if I'm wrong. But you know your your most recent memory is always the the, the, the freshest. But I did think that there was a lot more. They played with a lot more joy and energy on Saturday than I think they have in previous playoff appearances that, that, that I've seen them um, in, in my time here. Uh, I don't think that they carried the burden of, of having to win in the same way that other teams did. 
And, and I think the second thing is the whole idea. I, I find the whole idea of dynasty in the NFL now kind of silly. There, there's been one dynasty um, over the last 20 years, and that's the the, the Patriots. Yeah, and that's true. They do it year in and year out. And for any Cowboy fan to think that this team's going to get back to where they were in the 70s or the 90s, where three, four Super Bowl appearances in a row is a realistic uh, kind of um, possibility. Possibility. I, I just think that's not where the NFL is. And if this team were to advance to the championship, um, and I'm talking about the Super Bowl, I'm not talking about the NFC championship at this point, but if this team were to, to advance to the Super Bowl, it, it just needs to be appreciated on its own and not necessarily looked at, well, now, will the Cowboys do? I know that this is where fans will go. Okay, there, here, here's one Super Bowl. Let's let's work on three. But it's just not that same way. And, and I, I do think that, it, that what's come together this year has been pretty remarkable given the way the year has transpired. Yeah, this uh, I, I think what, what Tony was was meaning was that this team is young. It is, I, I believe, it, and, and, and uh, David, I, I tried to look this up, but I couldn't find it anywhere except for as of like September the 5th, mm-hmm. they were, I think, the, either the youngest or the second youngest team in the NFL. Uh, now, I don't think that's changed much during the course of the season. They, they went out and got Amari Cooper, and, and he was under that 25-year-old threshold, which is what they were using at, at 24. So, uh, so they're right around there, and 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 not only are they young, but it's a t- it's a young team with a lot of of really good talent. You know, it's it's one thing to be young if you're not any good, it doesn't do you any good. But this is a young team in the playoffs, and so that's always a good sign. And I think when people talk about dynasties, you you know, you have to remember that Cowboys dynasty of the '90s lasted five years. Right. You know, and that's and as you as you noted, the the, the pay- and that's a long time in the NFL. It is a long time in the NFL. You really can't expect and, any more than that. That's that's the window you have. And that was a different era too. I yeah. mean, in terms of the, the salary cap and, and and all of that. So right. I, I mean, we we are in a different era now. And, and to think what the Patriots have done for the last decade is is just stupid. You know, I mean, they they've won that they've won that division. Is it ten straight years? I'm not sure what it is, but it is an unbelievable uh, streak. And uh, and it. And it's two things. It's one. It's one. The coach to the quarterback. Right. You know. So you. They've done a remarkable job. Um, but let's talk about the the. And, and all and all that and all that's right. And, and that's why this team needs to win as early as it can when it's young to keep all of these young guys together. Uh, again, you can't you can't say, "Wow, what a great young team!" And then you look up five years later and you have two playoff victories. That's why when you get a chance to advance. You have to exceed expectations, and, and I go back to last week. It's you know Matt Prescott lost his his first playoff game to Aaron Rodgers, so, and Rodgers making a spectacular play at the end to pull it out. Well, no shame there. He's Aaron Rodgers. He's won a Super Bowl. That's understandable. Beating a rookie quarterback. Now you know I maintain if if Seattle if Russell Wilson would have made a comeback uh, in that wild card game and they would have won, people still would have gone well. I mean, look, Russell Wilson's won a Super Bowl. That's been one of the best teams in the NFC over the last six or seven years. Um, you know, it's not the worst thing. I mean, Dak's going to get better. He's young. But the thing is, you have to you have to beat those teams at some point to establish yourself as, as viable to do it. And the earlier you do it, the better chance you have of breaking through. And that's why I think... Uh, that, that went over Seattle was so significant. And, 
And look, now suddenly they're thrust into a game where Dallas is the one where all of its principal players have won a playoff game. The Rams have not. Uh, you know, the Rams went in last year, uh, you know, had a bye into the second, into the divisional round and, and lost their first game, just like Dallas did two years ago. So now suddenly, what do the Rams look like if they lose this weekend? And you go, well, look, Todd Gurley hadn't won a playoff game yet. Jared Goff hasn't, hasn't won a playoff game. Sean McVay, for all of his offensive brilliance, uh, they've gone one and out. Uh, they haven't even won one game in the playoffs the last two years. So the, the stakes are pretty high on these things, and, and your perception of people can change really, really quickly. Yeah, let's, let's talk about this uh, this Rams team that the Cowboys are going to play. And, of course, we know about the offense and how well they play. Um, and uh, and then they also have some, some great defensive players. They have Aaron Donald, who is the best defensive lineman in the game, unless you prefer Khalil Mack. Uh, but he's certainly in, in the running for, for that, uh, and that is a, a remarkable player. But the Rams are also terrible against the run. Uh, and, of course, that is the Cowboys' strength on offense is running the ball. Would you expect that uh, that uh, that Zeke Elliott is going to have to go for 200 yards in this game to give the Cowboys? A ch- I'm, I'm talking about 200 all-purpose yards for the Cowboys to win this game, David. Uh, on the road, uh, the type of game they want to play uh, to to keep the ball out of the hands of the offense. Yeah, I, I think he's going to have to do that. Uh, having said all that, I think certainly they're going to stack it. Uh, make it more difficult for him to run and encourage Prescott to pass. So I think Dak Prescott is going to have to do some things through the air early uh, in order to get them back and, and balance this defense to get it back to uh, Ezekiel Elliott. But, you know, I, I think it's instructive to see what Seattle did in its two games against the Rams because Seattle and Dallas are, are built the same way, really, on both sides of the ball. And what Seattle did... Uh, was they just ran and ran and ran. Now, normally in those sort of games when you do that, you look up and you have like a, a Dallas game where it's, you know, it's going to be 24-21. Uh, but Seattle did that a couple of times, and both of those games got into the 30. Now, I think that's where Dallas should be a little concerned because I don't know that Dallas is as equipped to win games when they get into the 30s as Seattle is. So that is something to, to look at. I think tempo and, and pace and a very methodical pace is more important to Dallas than just about any other team remaining in these playoffs. So we'll see. But, yeah, it, there's no question Ezekiel Elliott. If Ezekiel Elliott does not have a big game, I don't know how close this game will be, and, and I think Dallas will certainly be on the losing end of it. I thought the thing that you know that we saw in the in the Seattle game uh, from Dak Prescott, which was um, you know really not a lot different from what he does week in and week out. Uh, the difference to me was that he did run the ball, you know, and he, and he will do that on occasion, uh, but it's almost like he feels forced to do it, and I think. You know, uh, or he doesn't want to really. He doesn't want to run. He doesn't want to run. The impression I get from afar is he doesn't want to run. But that when he does run, he is an effective runner. And I think we saw, again, another example of that with the, with the big run on third down. Third and 14. Um, I, don't, I don't get that. Uh, I, I, the fact that he doesn't want to. That he doesn't want to. I don't know if that's. And, again, I still don't know, David, if that's. 
if, if it's discouraged from the sidelines or if it is Dak wanting to go through all of his progressions and prove that he's a better uh, game manager than, than he is, you know, just an improviser. Um, but I do think that when this guy does get involved in running the ball, uh, it's that makes all the difference in the world. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a completely different dynamic, and, and it, it makes them a much more balanced team and a, and a much more difficult to defend team. Yeah, there, there's a lot to unpack there. I, I agree with a lot of that. I, I think he, uh, he stated before he doesn't want to be known as a runner. He wants to be known as a quarterback, and, and a lot of that is staying in the pocket, going through your progressions, making plays. Um, you know, I think that uh, he is more willing to run and the Cowboys are more willing to have him run late in games. Uh, you know, I think the style that Dallas plays, look, 13 of their 17 games this year, when you count this playoff game, have been decided by one score or less. Uh, seven of these games uh, have been decided by three points or less, and Dallas is 5-2 and two in those games. And that's the, the most wins uh, during the Jerry Jones era uh, in, a, in one season. When, when the score is three points or less, so this team is built for close games. So I, you know, I think there's a sense of look in the fourth quarter, you do whatever it takes. That means we're going to run Dak in the fourth quarter, but we don't want to expose Dak in those other three quarters because the more a quarterback runs, the more likely he is to get hurt. And you can say Dak is built differently, and he is. But you know, Cam Newton is built different than most quarterbacks too, and, and he's a, an example of a guy who has run so much. Uh, he started to show a little bit of wear and tear on his body prematurely, I would argue. So I, I think Dallas wants to avoid that scenario. And, and look, defenses take that away because I think they feel, look, uh, if we take away Dak Prescott from running, it's going to be easier to focus in on, um, you know, Elliott and, and keep him bottled up inside. And then we're going to have to make Dak Prescott pass. And, and would we rather... Ha- where is Dak Prescott more capable of beating us? And I think some teams just determine, you know what, his ability to run scares us a little bit more than his ability to pass, so we're going to take the run away. So I think they're more selective with it than they should be, but I think in the fourth quarter of games, you see him run more. Now, I think where fans get frustrated is, it's like, well, you know what, maybe if you ran him a little bit more in the first three quarters, every game wouldn't come down to a final possession in the fourth quarter. You'll have a little bit of breathing room. And I think that's a legitimate argument. Okay, now I, I feel like we've spent a lot of time now talking about Dak and Zeke, but I, for one, the first thing I do after a Cowboys game is I read what Kevin Sherrington had to write. I like that. And I believe... First of all, that is not the first thing you do, but go ahead. <laughs> and I believe... And I was trying to figure out the many ways we could have gone with that, but I, I believe every time we, we you mention my name, I'm going to put up my S for Sherrington. Put that on there. We're not on video today. We're not on video today. No. Um, Why not? I don't know. But the last <laughs> thing I believe you wrote was, "Hey, that's great about Dak, yeah, right?" But defense. Yeah. Um. So can this Cowboys defense not contain the Rams? Or can they? David, you go first. 
You, I mean, you, you, you are the guy who said that this defense is going to take this team as far as it goes, right? Yeah. yeah I, 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 be, I believe And that. I'd like to get into that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, well then I'll go first since I, since I wrote that last week. And you brought it up. I didn't bring it up just for the record. Um, <laughs> it is that, uh, yeah. Uh, now, they, listen, they had, their, they had their problems in the passing game uh, against Russell Wilson, who, who we should remember, as long as we were bringing him up a while ago, uh, and, and David talked about young guys and having success early. Russell Wilson lost in the divisional round his first year as a starter. Uh, I believe he won the Super Bowl his next year. Is that what, the second year? Was yeah. that what it was? Yeah, and then lost the Super Bowl uh, the year after that. So that's, that's, a pretty good, uh, that's a pretty good record there right out of the box for Russell Wilson. Uh, I, I'm not going to compare Russell and, and Dak. Uh, Russell is a much more accomplished passer than Dak is. We saw that in the game. Uh, last Saturday, he really dropped some dimes on people out there. It was unbelievable what he was doing uh, at times. So the Cowboys were giving that up. But, of course, they were committed to uh, stopping uh, Seattle's running game. And, and they did. And, and Seattle was determined to keep running into that brick wall. Uh, and you can make the case that, uh, you know, Pete Carroll cost himself that, a, a chance to win that game because he was so stubborn trying to get that running game going. And it just was going nowhere. 73 yards rushing on, I believe, 24 carries. So, and 28 of those came on one carry. So uh, they, they did struggle somewhat in this game. I thought Chidobe Awuzier was pretty good in that game. They picked on him a lot. The more concerning thing was that at the end of the game, they started throwing to Byron Jones' side. And Byron Jones has been so good this year. Uh, no interceptions, but he's just been all over the man that he's been covering. And so no one's been throwing his way well. He got beat on a pass late, and uh, a long pass, and then he got beat on the, on the touchdown right after that. So, uh, as Jason Garrett said after the game, that's something they're going to have to clean up. But the, what the Cowboys present to me uh, as a, a real threat on defense and is the reason why, uh, going into the season, I picked the Cowboys to go 11-5, and five, is it because I believe they have, for the first time, Really quality Pro Bowl caliber players on this defense at every level of it. In the defensive line, at linebacker, and in the secondary with Byron Jones at cornerback. And, and is, uh, you know is pretty good, too. Now, the safeties, to me, are still lacking, and they're going to have to reinforce. I think that's a real need for them in this next draft is to come up with a, a safety. Um, but th- those three levels have been very good. And, and this team has re- – you know, the linebackers are so athletic – uh, big and athletic and explosive, that it has changed this defense. They've never had uh, a pair of linebackers like this. You know, they've had one on occasion when, when Sean Lee was in his prime, but they've never had two guys who can play like that. Not since the 70s have they had that. So, to me, these are the difference makers about this defense. These are the things that are the most consistent. I think David pointed out uh, earlier last week that they, uh, or, or before last week's game, that they, that defense had struggled a little bit in the last three games of the regular season. I thought it showed itself, uh, especially early in the game. After the first quarter, I believe the, the, uh, the Seahawks had nine yards of total offense in the first quarter. Nine yards of total offense in the first quarter. And when you go out and you stuff a team like that, which is much like they did against the Saints in that game here this year, that, which shocked everybody, I think that makes such a statement and, and it allows your offense to kind of get its feet under itself while uh, they're, they're doing that. Yeah, to me, this is an interesting defense. It's, it's the highest-ranked defense remaining in the playoffs uh, right now. So, uh, you know, the ones ahead of it, Chicago, uh, got knocked out. 
So you've seen Houston was actually heading us. So they're they're positioned that way as the best defensive team statistically. But they're interesting. They're certainly not a a Chicago defense that's no longer around or, or Baltimore that was also knocked out in the first round in that they don't have an alarmingly high number of sacks if you're looking at it from a quarterback standpoint. And they haven't forced a lot of turnovers. But they are still, in my mind, an elite defense, and that's because they get so many three-and-outs. And you tend to minimize those. But, you know, they force Seattle into three-and-outs on their first three possessions in that wild-card game. Seattle had six three-and-outs in that game. And while those don't go down as turnovers, I would argue six punts on six possessions is, is something any defense in this league would would cherish uh, with where offenses are right now. So, you know, they're, to me, they're they're unlike any other of the good defenses, and they don't force the action a lot with turnovers, but they make it extremely difficult to drive down the field. And their red zone defense is is as good as any in the league. Uh, once a team does get inside the twenty. Uh, it's a pretty difficult slog for them to try to find a way to get into the end zone. So they have been consistent in that all year. Uh, you saw it again in that Seattle game. And I think to win this game, because, look, the Rams, I think, average 11 to 12 more points at home than they do on the road. Uh, they're going to need to come out and play defensively like they did in the first quarter of that Seattle game, where Seattle had nine plays in the first quarter for five yards. Uh, they're going to need to come out and play like they did in New Orleans. Uh, they've got to be physical. They've got to push that offense around, an offense that is accustomed to, to getting its way, and then you set the tone for the rest of the game. And that's, that's I think, everything uh, that Dallas wants to do this game is going to be concentrated in how it plays defensively in that first quarter, quarter and a half, and uh, the offense's ability to capitalize on that early uh, to get a, a lead no matter how small and, and then kind of dictate the tempo from there. All right, let me, Before let me, Evan jumps in here, I want to say one thing. I, I want about to go that. One, one more thing on the, uh, on the, on the, on the defense. Well, no, I want to say, but the, okay. here, here's part of the deal, is that not only are the Cowboys really good in their red zone defense, the, the Rams are really, for all they do on offense, very poor in their red zone offense. Uh, they, they get down there a lot. Uh, they get down there most, more than most teams do that they struggle a little bit once they get inside there. So I, I think that these, these are the keys of this game right here. The things that the, the trends that we just talked about are the things the Cowboys are going to have to do. They're going to have to come out you know, the, on defense really fast like they did against the Saints and like they did against the Seahawks. Because I'll tell you, I think the Seahawks might have been the most balanced team left in the playoffs uh, at that point before they eliminated them. Because Russell Wilson is a very accomplished passer, but that's also that was a great running team and a, a team with a very good defense. So those were, those were things that they dropped out. But if they go into this game uh, Saturday and they let uh, the Rams come out and march down the field on them two and three times in their first, first drives, it's going to be a long day for the Cowboys. All right, what I want to ask you guys about, again, goes back to this. I think we, Todd Gurley is the weapon you've got to stop or at least contain, right? That's, yeah. the, that's the Rams' rep weapon you worry about most, even yeah. more so than golf. Yeah. Okay. All right, so <clears throat> here's my question. Uh, the Cowboys have played 
two of the top three rushing offenses in the National Football League this year, mm-hmm. both on the road, mm-hmm. as they will the Rams. Uh, Indianapolis, mm-hmm. that did not go very well. No. And Houston. Although the Colts turned out to be pretty good. And that didn't go very well for the Cowboys either. And no. both of those were playoff teams, or ended up being playoff teams. Right. The Rams have played the, – the Cowboys are ranked third in rushing defense. And the Rams have played two, the, far, the top two rushing defenses in the NFL – the Bears, and that didn't go well for them, and the Eagles, and that didn't go well for them. So right. what gives here? You know, I mean, w- w- who's going to make a better impression, guys? Dave, the Cowboys' go- rushing defense or the Rams' rushing offense? David, you go first this time. Well, if uh, everything that Dallas does defensively is predicated on taking away the run, even from teams that aren't accomplished running the ball. So if, if they're not able to slow Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson, who's done a good job filling in for him uh, while he rested these last few weeks, uh, they're not going to be able to stop this Rams offense. So, like I said, that they want to make uh, the Rams one-dimensional. They want to make them throw more than the Rams want to throw the ball. And if they do that, they're willing to live with that and take their chances. So uh, Dallas is going to have to stop the run. And like I said, I you know they've they've done a really good job of that. And I think another thing to consider here is um, Dallas feels good about the way it's playing right now, but they can also look to late in the season. And Philadelphia went in there and really manhandled the Rams mm-hmm. right after the Cowboys had swept them to, in essence, lock up the division. Uh, if you go back to that, we you know we talk about the Cowboys' resurgence. Well, right after Dallas beat uh, Philadelphia to, for all intents and purposes to, to win the division and everyone was riding off the Eagles, the Eagles went to L.A. in a game no one expected them to win, got up, and, and the game wound up, I think, 30-21. to 30-23. But it wasn't that 30-23. Close. Yeah, 30-23, and it wasn't that close. The Rams got some late scores, and uh, you know the, the Eagles just really pushed them around. And, and if you're the Cowboys, I think you're sitting here saying, well, look, you know, we beat the Eagles twice. Uh, the Eagles went out there and did that. We're a better team than the Eagles. Why can't we do the same to them? So I, I think they're also going to look at that Philadelphia game and, and see what worked against the Rams. And, and look, the Rams were a hot team, uh, but they didn't finish the season that well. And that goes back to what we've said about the Cowboys two years ago. It goes back to what we say about a lot of teams, what we've said about Kansas City in the past. Uh, you look up, and a lot of teams are 10-1, and one, and then you know you go into the playoffs, and they're 12-4 and four and 13-3, and three, and they're just kind of maintaining at the end, trying not to get injured. And what happens is they've lost a little bit of momentum. Uh, I think the Rams lost a little bit of momentum from where they were earlier in the season. I, I think the loss of Cooper Cup, their uh, – their possession receiver is huge. You talk about them not being good in the red zone. I think that changed uh, their made, offense dramatically. I mean, it made them even more did. one-dimensional. It did. I think he was really the, the fulcrum to that thing that made it much more effective than what it was. And I think they, they're they not the same team offensively they were when they had him. So, you know, all of this being said, all it takes is one game to, to restart something. And, and the Rams are certainly capable of doing that. And we see it time and time again in the playoffs where, you know, you look at these divisional rounds and you get real excited about teams and go, wow, uh, there's something there. We can see them do something. 
And then the team that had two weeks rest uh, at home just blows the doors off of a team coming in. And, uh, you know, the, the potential exists for that here. But, but these, these Rams aren't the same Rams that we were talking about in September, October, and, and really in early November in my mind. No, and then just the last thing on the, on the Bears-Eagles comp is both teams held Gurley to under 50 yards on the ground. Uh, 48 against the Eagles, 28 against the Bears. Um, I, I think that, you know, you look up and even though I, I think Gurley had 10 receptions in that Eagles game for like 76 yards, you look up at, at the end of that game and he's got under 50 yards, I would expect the Cowboys to have won this football game. Yeah, and here's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, unlike Seattle, unlike Seattle, they will not be persistent with the run if they're not getting yardage. If Dallas stops Gurley early, they will say, well, why should we beat our head against the wall? We're going to throw, look at all of our options. And, and they will they will get away from the run more quickly than Seattle will. And, and the other thing to remember about that with the Eagles defense is that you now they're they're tremendous up front. You know Fletcher Cox is you know a pro is an All Pro uh, and and they're just really good. Uh, and Michael Bennett they're, they're they're terrific. They're terrible in the secondary. So it's one thing to stop their running game. The fact that they were able to beat the Rams with that secondary, which is far inferior, you know. You know Fans don't like the Cowboys secondary. The Eagles secondary is, is clearly their weak point. You remember Amari Cooper just lighting up those guys. Uh, so so, the, so that, and the, the that one, really does uh, sit in the Cowboys' favor. I, I, I would say the one mitigating factor in some of that is just that, again, that, that game meant so much more to the Eagles oh, at absolutely. that point in time than it did to the Rams. Sure. So we shouldn't just invest in the statistics here and, and remember that a lot of times football is a question of, What's at stake that that week for that particular team? True, but it is the, the Eagles were terrible in the secondary, just terrible. Uh, and and the fact that they, the fact that they they've gotten themselves into the position, position they're in right now is unbelievable. With with Nick Foles, they've created a, the uh, the actual talking point that hey, listen, which which quarterback is better for us to have here going forward? Uh, so they they've got really something going on. So, uh, so we we we've talked about that. We we let's let's. Um, I want to move to something to me that we haven't talked about with the Cowboys at all because there's so much talk about Dak. Uh, and there's so much like talk about the, the Cowboys defense. We talk about the defensive line and we talk about the skill positions. Yeah, I and mean, that's basically what Cowboys talk comes. But about. you know, there's something that's been ignored a lot this year about the Cowboys is their special teams. Uh, and uh, I was looking up some stats the other day about that. And, you know, and for one thing. We've kind of let the Cowboys skate on this, at least I have, uh, in that for most of the last two years, the primary punt returner has been Cole Beasley, whose job is basically to go back there and make a fair catch. Hey, hey, all right, so let me add, before go ahead. Uh, go ahead and finish this statement because okay. there's something that just hit me. Go Thanks ahead. very much. Uh, so they get Tavon and Austin back, and we see what that dynamic brings right. when he's returning punts. He sits, he sets up one of their one of their touchdowns with a long. Well, run. he had one return too. He had he had a touchdown return too. Or, that, was, or, that was a bad call, I thought too. That was that was not a block in the back. But, but my point, yeah, I mean, but but this 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 was a dynamic the Cowboys were completely missing um, for most of the, of the last two seasons. So David, I don't, I don't remember. I certainly never asked the question. Did it, was there ever any talk about uh, out there in the last couple of years that hey? Don't you have an option besides Cole Beasley that you could put back there? Um, 
you know, they, they went through some others. You know, Lance Lenore, when he was up, was going to shop, but he, he fumbled so often, and in preseason, they didn't feel good about it. Yeah. Um, you know, they, you know, Ryan Switzer was the guy, but then they traded him in the offseason. Right. Um, you know, he was the guy last year and didn't really give them the pop that they, that they had hoped he would. So this year, it was just kind of like, you know, this year they got Tavon Austin. They thought he was going to be the guy, but, uh, he got injured early, and you haven't seen that. And so, I mean, you're right. I mean, basically they've gotten nothing out of their special teams in regards to the return game for the last two years. But Austin last week flashed what they've been missing. And when you have a team built like Dallas that is good defensively, uh, doesn't turn the ball over, but is not explosive offensively, uh, if you get a little juice in the in the special teams in the return game, as Jason Garrett likes to say, you can really flip that field and, and field position, and you can make a big difference in your scoring margin. And for the first time in that in that Seattle game this season, and, and really in the last two years, you got a sense that wow, if Tavon Austin can stay healthy, uh, and the, the threat that he poses, if, if he gets even, you know, look like you said, he had the eighty yard. For a touchdown called back, but he also had that 51-yarder. Uh, this guy just gets you a couple of 25 to 30-yard returns in a game. Uh, how different is the dynamic of a game? And and that is one thing this Dallas offense has shown for all of its inefficiency. When it's presented an opportunity and, and put uh, in, in a good field position, it normally capitalizes. Uh, that has been one thing, I think, uh, that, that this Dallas offense has not gotten enough credit this year uh, because the, the opportunities have been limited. But when they found themselves with a turnover or, or good field position off of a punt return, uh, they normally capitalize on it right away. So, yeah, that, that would be a huge difference in this game. The Cowboys, by the way, ranked 30th or tied for, tied for 31st, really, in the NFL in uh, punt return average. Um, I'm surprised of, they're that high, Evan. Ahead of only Denver. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Um, me neither. Denver averaged 4.4 yards. The Cowboys in Seattle each 5.7. But here, the, the thing that uh, Kevin's point brought up to me was, I thought, um, and, and I'm sure that there's perfectly, that this was all about wanting to have a fair catch assured, but after Austin had the big return, why did Beasley go out there and and be the deep guy the next time out? Well, you, you lost you lost some position, and I'm going to have to go into uh, Jason Garrett's news conference here in just a bit, but uh, you, you lost some field position. Then at that point, uh, some of your guys are gassed, and you're just saying, look, let's just, let's just get the ball here, take the field position, and go. There are certain positions on the field where the Cowboys have determined we just care about the ball security, and that's going to be a good enough position. And, and they felt that, you know, what are the odds of, of – coming back and hitting with another big return. So uh, you could certainly have argued it the other way there, though, no question. Yeah, I think that's just evidence, more evidence of, of Jason Garrett being too conservative. Sometimes being to overly cautious. Yeah, to a fault. Uh, David, we'll let you go. Um, thanks for spending time with us this morning. Appreciate it. Um, and enjoy L.A. this weekend. I will, guys. Thanks a lot. Do it again soon. Um, we have any Next final Tuesday thoughts on exact. Cowboys? Uh, you know, uh, David wrote uh, this week that this was the easier path going here than it would have been to go to New Orleans and play the Saints at home. Um, I don't know uh, if I'd say 
I, maybe it is. Uh, if you just want to call it that. I mean, to think that they would beat the Saints twice in one year. Uh, both on the road. No, no, they won here. Oh, that's right. It was here. It, it was, was here. here. So, the, but to win, but to win there is that's a tough place right. to play, and uh, and to win there. But you know, you can also look at it like you know we, that's kind of an automatic. And we all want to say that it's like if the let's just say they if uh, if the Cowboys and the Eagles both won, you know, and the NFC Championship game would be here. Okay, and then you'd say, well, that's great, but how are they going to beat the Eagles three times in one year? Well, you know, yeah, the, the numbers would, would say to you, the, the odds would say, well, that's, your chances are less. Right. But the other side of that is, is that you find ways to beat people. And, uh, and one of the ways that they found to beat the Saints was they get so much pressure up front. You get pressure up front in the middle, of the, you're getting that push in the middle on a short quarterback. Well, you're making him do things he doesn't want to do then. Uh, and, and so that's, that's, a, that's a formula for, all, for beating somebody. All that said, yeah. I also, you know, I, I believe that, you know, in, in Drew Brees, we are talking about one of the all-time great yeah. NFL quarterbacks. Sure. And Sean Payton has obviously demonstrated him to be a, a very, himself to be a very, a very smart coach. And I would think won that, a Super Bowl. I would think that the one thing the Cowboys couldn't go into New Orleans and, and say is, we're just going to run the same game plan that we did. No, absolutely not. Because the, the New Orleans would come out with something creative. Yeah. Well, they would. They'd be more creative yeah. than the Cowboys would. That's for sure. Um. I, yeah. I, I mean, that's. I go back and forth on this. You know, in the playoffs, it's it's the best players win, right? Yeah. It should be right. Um. But when you can show somebody a new wrinkle and a little bit of creativity, boy, it does make a difference. I. I, I I don't know that I would line up and say I, – I don't know that I would say the Cowboys have a better group of players than the Saints if they were to play. And, and this is getting far ahead of everything. I think the best thing you could say is that those are, those are two very good rosters. Um, but on a creativity standpoint – I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still going to give oh. the edge to, to Sean Payton just because well, you, you can give the, the edge record. to pretty much any offensive coordinator and any head coach over Scott Linehan and Jason Garrett. They're not creative guys. They're, they don't want to be. They, 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 they built this team to be uh, conservative, uh, to play We're going play okay. keep away. But do you we'll have to be creative to win the NFC Championship? Uh, I, I think that, you know, unless you're a dominant team – uh, that you that you have to do that, you know, you you and 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 that that's my problem with Jason Garrett, and it has been. All I hate along. the idea of having to like throw some trickery out there, but you've got to do something a little well, bit creative. Depends, and it depends on what you mean by trickery. Right, like, it doesn't I mean, have to be gimmicks. Stuff. Well, you know, like they the, their idea of trickery, you know, was that 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 reverse, you know, right. and uh, the jet sweep, and and that's. You know, everybody sees that coming now. Uh, you know, uh, you don't see anything like the Philly special with right. the Cowboys. And so uh, I, I think that these are, you know, I, I would just – I will say this about the Cowboys offense. And we talked about earlier about taking Dak away. Oh, if we take away his run and play, you know, well, then he's not going to be as effective. Listen, there are just so many things a defense can take away. Right. Right? If you're going to have a spy on Dak – well, then you've taken away something already. Right. You're taking away, and so you've got Amari Cooper over here. Let's not forget in that game, and that's and that was the issue to me with Dak. As great as he was, he he completely whiffed twice on Amari Cooper. And I hate I I hate that this is the narrative that I operate from. But every time you make a statement like, okay, you take something away, there's going to be something else there. The first thought in my mind is. Are Garrett and Linehan going to be – Linehan, I'm sorry. Are they going to be flexible and pliable enough to make that adjustment quickly to exploit what then becomes open? 
You would hope so. And, I, and, 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 you know, of course it's hard to tell sometimes on how much is that it was Dak's decision. You know, you can tell when he's, when he's killing a and play. I don't, I don't mean this as a criticism of Jason. I'm just saying I don't oh, know if I have I, – I don't know where I stand on that. Well, here's the thing. I will say this. They don't need to be throwing the ball to Noah Brown down there. Right. I mean, what in the world they're doing throwing it to him? They, they threw to him three times. It resulted in, in one interception, one near interception, and a play where he fell down running the route and then got up and the ball practically hit him in the nose and he missed it. I'd say that's enough for you. Right. You know, you've got some real options here. You've got you've got Cole Beasley. You you've got uh, Michael Gallup, who's really come along. You've got Amari Cooper, even Blake Jarwin. I'd rather you throw to any one of those people than to throw the ball to Noah Brown. That is not an answer. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he was not ready for that position. For a guy, the, the interception, which you know, some people were, were saying that was interference on KJ Wright when he took that ball away from Noah Brown. I, I, I thought it was. I thought it was at first. Uh, I'm sitting next to Rick Goslin, the great Rick Goslin, the Hall of Famer, at the game, and, and he says to me, hey, listen, he's got as much right to the ball as, as Noah Brown does. And you, if you watch that play, Noah Brown – I thought he, he had his hands on Brown well before the ball got there and but, was turning him. But Noah Brown's a big guy. Right. The reason he's on this roster is because he's a big receiver, I, a bit blocker, and he looked small on, on the that other, play. On the other hand, from my – from my standpoint, and maybe I'm just coming at it from a logic standpoint, like the pass interference call that went the Cowboys way on Beasley, right. I thought that was a question of him just changing the route and running into the guy. Mm-hmm. It was not – the guy did not make in contact with, with Beasley. Right. Beasley just ran into the guy. So um, those things balance out. Yeah. I, I think the point for me is about this offense, the reason you should have some some optimism about this offense is that Blake Jarwin has has kind of started to assert himself a little bit. Uh, uh, certainly, Amari Cooper has a, has from the from the get go uh, that has made things easier on Cole Beasley uh, now, and he's starting to get more as as Amari Cooper draws double coverage, and and also uh, Tavon Austin being back, he presents a different element for them as well. So there are more weapons for this uh, Cowboys offense. And, uh, and, the, and the one thing about uh, Dak is the reason he's throwing it to Noah Brown is because Noah Brown was open, you know. And Dak, as we know, will throw it to you if you are open. I think that ought to wrap it up for our yeah, Cowboys so. podcast. Uh, we, we're going to do a college podcast as well, uh, talk about that national championship game last night, which I don't think anybody saw that train wreck coming. I don't think anybody saw that train wreck coming, but we'll, we'll get into what we thought. Yeah, and then we're all also going to discuss, you know, what that means for college football going forward. So, for everybody in here to everybody out there, thanks for coming and listening to the uh, Ballsy Podcast. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Until next time, sports fans. We'll see you.